Wow. This is such a, such a guy show. I love it. I feel the testosterone in the atmosphere, guys. It's feeling really good. Guys, turn in your Bibles to uh, Romans chapter 14. We're going to be looking at the first 12 verses. It's just, it's just all adrenaline and testosterone tonight, boys. We should, get, we should order some pizza or something. You know what I mean? We'll just get some pizza and some root beer. You know? That sounds great. All right, guys. We are, we are, I don't know how long we've been going through this, but we've been in Romans for, like, months. Like, six, six-ish months. You know, we've you know, tossed around and gone all around, but at, we're actually coming to kind of, like, the last few thoughts of the book of Romans. And, and if you've been with us in the study or if you've read – uh, uh, Romans, you've kind of addressed, you kind of see a theme throughout it all. Uh, uh, it's saved by grace, saved by uh, not, saved by faith, saved by uh, grace. And he's breaking down. He's going on this thing called the diatribe, which a diatribe is a Greek form of teaching, which is he's going to present an idea, and then he's going to present an argument, and then he's going to answer certainly not, and then he's going to give you his reasons why. And in in this diatribe, uh, also the reason why he's doing the diatribe is he doesn't know these Romans. He doesn't know this church in Rome, but he's heard nothing but great things about these Romans. He's like, you know what? I want to make sure. I want to. I want to reach out to these guys. I want to love on these guys. I want to give these guys the true word of God. And so now, for us as Protestant Christians in the 21st century, we now have like this Grand Canyon of like awesome, you know, from Paul. And he just breaks down uh, what we would call soteriology or how one might receive Christ and be saved and, and get to spend eternity in heaven. And if you've seen that thing, so now we, we, we've come to this point where we're kind of, we're kind of strained. He, he's, he's kind of giving us some instruction. Uh, in my Bible, the title of this says, Do Not Pass Judgment on One Another. It's kind of an instruction uh, 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 that he's giving to these Romans. And I, I want to say this. He's not just throwing this in because, you know, he just wants it and he feels like it. Uh, this what he's going to talk about here was actually a big deal when in our eyes it seemed kind of petty, but it was a big deal in the church back in the day. And so I'm going to read through the passage. Uh, we're going to pray that God meets us and God speaks to us in our lives, men, and, uh, and we're going to get into it. You guys ready? Yes, sir. Come on. Come on. All right. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes that he may eat anything while the weak person eats only vegetables and broccoli. Uh, let none, the one who eats, despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in the honor of the Lord, since he gave, gives thanks to God. Uh, while, the, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord. Somebody say amen. amen. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? 
For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess or give worship or give praise to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Let's pray. God, I just pray that you, you meet these men exactly where they're at, whether uh, they're going through a storm, wherever. You meet us right now, God, in this space. Lord, I thank you for every man that's decided to, to carve out time in their week uh, to surround themselves with other men that love Jesus and uh, want to dive into the word of God. So I thank you for every single man in this place. God, I pray that you meet us. Just please meet us. God, meet us in our fellowship. God, whether we're laughing at fart jokes or uh, smelling each other's burps. God, I just pray that you, you meet us in this place. God, I pray that your word will go forth and affect our lives as men. Yeah. Affect our lives so we may be men of God and we may lead yeah. uh, in a way that is pleasing to you, God. So, Lord, I pray that uh, uh, your word goes forth tonight. Not my word, not my sermonizing God, but God, that you want to speak something into our lives. And Lord, we just, we lift up all these things to you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Um, so, as you say, do not pass uh, judgment on one another. And I read this first verse, as for the one who's weak in faith, I think the weak in faith is defined here as, uh, for this weak person eats only vegetables. This person, and this is the quarrel, this is within its uh, context what the big deal is, we get through all this really cool, awesome, like salvation stuff. and like, powerful. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You're like, ah, this is awesome. And so you reach this place where now he wants to talk about people that are arguing about food and what's good and what's clean to eat. Because you get, you're getting these people that are like, oh, no, it's unclean. Uh, you, you can't eat meat. You can't eat uh, royal food. You can't, you just, those people are just eating vegetables. And some people are like, those guys are weird. They're just eating vegetables. And vegans. They're, they're vegans, man. <laughs> they're Portlanders, baby. They're, they're eating hummus. Uh, they're, they're, they're eating all the, uh, you know what I mean? And so what we have here. Oh, it's my girlfriend. Uh, guys, guys, party's done. Guys, guys, hide the pizza. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, you're among brothers. You missed the Um, The first thing he wants to bring up within this context is that people are fighting over what to eat. These are. This is a common issue. He wouldn't be bringing it up to the Romans. Remember, he doesn't know that anything's going on with the Romans, he doesn't actually know too much about it, but he knows that this is an issue, that there's actually quarreling about opinions. And there's people in their midst, there's people, there's a small sect, what are you laughing at? <laughs> there's a small sect, small sect of people that are straight up vegetarians, and what does it say? It says, uh, the one who is abstaining, the one who's eating the veggies, is despising. I know. I'm seeing all the men are just shaking their head. They're like, we want the meat lovers. We you know we don't want no vegetarian pizza. We want the meat lovers pizza. Somebody say amen. Okay. So the people eating the veggie pizza are is are despising the ones who are eating the meat lovers. Sorry, Les doesn't understand, but um, it's a guy thing. Uh, the guys who are eating the veggie pizza, they're despising. They are despising the one. Uh, Wait, what the one who eats, oh, the one who's eating the meat lovers is despising the veggie lovers. And the one, the veggie lovers, the vegetarian pizza people are judging those mm. who are eating the meat lovers. 
Okay, so we all, in our, in our American context, we kind of have an idea of what despise means. We kind of have an idea on what the word judgment, uh, to, to place judgment, you know, oh, you're judging me. You know, we all know that, especially in, in Christendom. Okay, so I think, I think what we have here is a classic scenario. He says, if though, though a person weak in the faith comes into your community, have you been there where you're like in your Bible study and you got your family, you're like, ah, you know what I mean? You're like, you know everyone, you're eating meat lovers pizza. And there's one person that has like a little bit of a different view than you. Wants a salad. Wants a salad. Ruins the party. How about this? Has a right. different political view than than what you believe. Has a different has has a different uh, mindset. Has a different passion than you. Yeah. And then you go over there. You're like, oh man, I got to fix this right now, man. He he needs to submit to the Lord, the word of the Lord. You know what I mean? Every Christian's Republican. You know, I'm kidding. But <laughs> you know. That's that's kind of our mindset, and that's that's typically what's happening. We're getting this this weird conflict. There is a quarreling about these different opinions, opinions, yeah. opinions, opinions. There's people fighting over petty things such as food, people. Right. right. And I like to make the correlation. That is not so different than what we deal with today. Right. That person that walks in, he's like, "Hey, brother, welcome, welcome to Ecclesia, man. Uh, this is what we just love God. We love people. You know, hey." Tell, tell me what you think about that. I don't agree with that. And then you meet up with them for coffee because you're going to go ahead and fix their theology. You're going to fix their political views. And then you're like, oh, man, everything is going to go great. They're just going to receive everything that I'm just the puke onto them. And actually, actually, actually what happens is they actually don't receive it as well as you thought you did. And now you're sitting there awkwardly because you just kind of got a, a change of words and it didn't go over so well in Starbucks. And now you're just sitting there sipping right. your chai tea latte and you just don't know what happened. Yeah. And he's like having like like non-dairy milk. Have you heard of that? Heard yeah. of this? Tastes disgusting. But, but it exists. But it's so common. It's so common. We have this all the time. Have you had that switch in your mind? Even when a non a non believer, a person that may be not walking in the way of the Lord, you immediately you, you kinda get that kind of mentality towards that person that walks into your Bible study or your church or your group of friends or whatever it may be. It happens to us all. And so Paul kinds of gives us a do not. A do not despise. He's telling us to not despise that person, and he's telling the, the veggie eater to not judge the meat lovers. I'd like to say, within both the Greek context, this applies to both of us, and this is something that we do every day and all the time. Okay? If you're taking notes, my first point is brick walls and hand grenades. Eric, you're going to love it. You know everything about hand grenades, man. Okay? All right, I'm going to check out the first four verses. Um, also to give this a little bit more meat, the weak person is these legalistic guys. The other person are those who are the free Christians. Those who are just living their life, living in the freedom of Jesus. All right. They're, they're the ones who are worshiping God in their cubicles and they're the ones who are worshiping God in this church services. All right. They're worshiping God in their relationships. They're just living in the freedom. They're loving it. But he would like to say that even though you're living in the freedom of Christ and that's what you believe, there is still temptation to despise other people. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give that some more meat here in a second. That word despise uh, in the Greek says is, is the word exuthaneo. Exuthaneo. I'm not going to ask you to say that because frankly I probably forget how to say it. But exuthaneo, uh, from what I gathered and I, I did some research, I kind of expounded the word. It says this word despised, uh, we can 
basically conclude this means that they do not qualify. This person, this legalistic veggie eater, is not a Christian. They don't, they don't include them in the church of God. They don't, they think this person as an outsider. Even though they, that person professes Jesus Christ as Lord, they would like to say, eh, no, they're not. That's what this word exutheneo, this word uh, uh, to judge, to place judgment on another. This is the best definition I found for it, and I have a couple. One says, uh, to pronounce an opinion concerning right and wrong. Here's a crazy one. To contend together of warriors and combatants. Of warriors and combatants to literally contend, to fight one another. I like that one. Yeah, no, I know you do, Eric. You understand that one. You know what this looks like? You know what this looks like? The minute that person walks in the room, you get a little X with the nail. Oh, that person's boop, out. Yeah. So think, oh, me and Levi, we have different views, right? This is what this kind of looks like. It's like, oh, hey, what's going on, bro? Oh, we don't agree on that? Okay. You know what I do? I pick up my brick, and I get my mortar, right? Yeah. And I just start laying the brick wall, baby. Oh. I'm like, hey, bro, can you got some mortar there. I'm going to put some bricks. Yep, yep. Next thing you know, I get the nice little wall going up, and we're just got this nice, solid wall, you know, and he maybe helped me build it a little bit. He's like, oh, this guy's weird. So they just build the wall, build the wall, build the wall, build the wall. We got a giant, hey, bro, all right, now, now let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So then my crino, my crino comes in handy, and now we're going, or what, I like this one better, Ting. we're just lobbing grenades at each other over the brick wall, right? That's good. Does that not happen to us all the time? That person walks in the room and is like, eh, I don't know if I agree with that guy. So let's go to coffee and let's start lobbing grenades at each other. Because that's what Jesus had in mind for the church. A bunch of people with a bunch of brick walls between each other, hurling their opinions on what they believe, how they dress, what they look like, what pizza they eat, what their political view is, how they receive whatever, whatever religious thing they do. I got to go ahead and create an opinion. Create an opinion. Lob it. Lob it. Love it. Now I'm at war with that person. Now when that person walks through the door at Ecclesia, I cannot stand to be around them. I cannot even sit in the same presence of them. You know why? Because there's this relational wall that I've built between me and him. And instead of exchanging words of love and compassion and understanding, right. I'm lobbing grenades. Right. I'm lobbing grenades. Is that, is that the kind of people God has called us to be? Not at all. Can I say this? I guarantee you not a single person in this room agrees on every single thing That's right. 100% through yeah. and through. That's and if we went around building walls and throwing grenades at each other, we'd be a pretty divided church. Is that what God, is that what Jesus has called us to be? He called us to be of one mind. Right. Of one mind. Right. Think about this. If we're just attacking people... Say we, you know, this group, we are just loving each other, right? And then there comes that one person that doesn't believe and has a crazy, crazy view, okay? And, and, and then we just start hurling grenades. We built the wall, and then all of us start hurling grenades, okay? Uh, uh, a lot of the guys, we've been playing Mortal Kombat, okay? I'm not condoning Mortal Kombat, okay? Hear that sound cloud of do not condone Mortal Kombat, but we do play competitively, and we worship God, and we don't do the fatalities as much, okay? So at the end of the day, at the end 
end of the day, Levi, Levi, when Levi attacks me, and he's gonna, he knows all the combos. Levi is a combo guy. I'm more of a grapple guy, okay? And it doesn't work to my uh, benefit because I just grapple, I miss, and then he just beats me up. All right. So Levi is a combo guy. He memorized all the combos. He memorized them so much that he just goes, <sighs> like he like does the thing while he's just whooping my butt. I'm like, all right, like all right, I might as well throw the controller down because he's like memorized everything. He just Hear me. What is my best thing? If I'm feeling overwhelmed with attack, whether it be like one person or ten people, yeah. what is my next thing I want to do? I'm going to guard myself, aren't I? Yeah. Yeah. Is that the environment we want to build? They're going to build their own. They might even build a bomb shelter. Right. They might even build, there's the brick wall. Oh, man, that's not even doing the job because there's just grenades being hurled at me. And guess right. what? Next thing you know, they'd rather just walk away. I'd rather not even be here. Is that the community we want? Is that the community we want? Wow. So what does Paul say? We got the don't, right? Hey, don't build up these walls between you and your brother, yes. the person that's supposed to be your family. Don't throw your opinion on what you think this person should act or the way that they should dress or the way that they, they should think politically. Uh, don't. Don't. Yeah, that's good. Just don't. You want to hear what the do is? This is my third Greek word of the night. You guys are getting learned up, all right? <laughs> This third word, uh, this is our first do. It's this word. Uh, remember this. As for the one who is weak in the faith, welcome him. Mm -hmm. And then let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Mm -hmm. Same word. Same word. God has welcomed him, so we ought to welcome him. So what does this word mean? What does this word mean? Some, some translations, the, uh, the New American Standard uh, Bible says, oh, this is accepting. All right? This is it's kind of a basic word. Oh, like, yeah, let's accept him. Like, he's, you know, accept him. He's just there. Right? We can think that's, oh, accept him. Let him come. But, you know, we, don't, we can still have walls against him, can't we? We just accept a person. This word accept has so much more deep meaning. You guys ready for this? It's the word proslambano. Proslambano. Isn't that a sick name? All right, this, you want to hear the definitions? It has like six. I chose five of the six. One was like to eat food, which is still good because we're all men, but uh, these, are, these are the definitions. You guys ready for this? Proslambano means this is what Paul's asking us to do for these people. To take to, to take in addition, to take to oneself, to take as one's companion, mm -hmm. to take by the hand in order to lead aside in order to lead aside, to take or receive into one's home with the collateral idea of kindness. Check this one out. To receive, i.e., grant one access to one's heart. To take into friendship and social intercourse. <laughs> it, is, it is guy's night, apparently. It is guy's night. It's guy's night. Oh, man, we're college guys. <laughs> we're college guys. Bro. All right. I was thinking about leaving that one out, but I'm glad you guys got a great laugh at it. All right, but do you get the picture? I do apologize. Somebody had to laugh. It would have been fine if Hawks and Chuck were laughing. Yeah, that's the highlight of my day. Yeah, that's great. Let's move on. <laughs> Think about this. What does Proslambano mean in an essence? To invite someone into the, your life, to invite into your home, to receive them right. with, a, with a collateral idea of kindness? Is that brick and mortar and hand grenades? 
No, that that's literally, I'm inviting you into my life. Check, I love this. Which one was it? Uh, to grant one access to one's heart, to open your heart to this person, to take by the hand and lead. That is what Paul is asking us to do. It's the simple word to accept or to welcome. But Paul asks us, asks us to kick it up the notch and say, I want you to take this guy by the hand. I want you to, mm-hmm. I want you to put your arm around him, call him brother. This person that doesn't necessarily uh, uh, agree with you, instead of, instead of setting up these walls and already putting this guy on the other side and start giving your opinion and start, and start talking about that person and be like, you know, have you, have you been there where you like gossiped about, gossiped around a person? You're like, oh, hey man, like, yeah, just, just be praying for him, you know, when you're actually at war with that person on the inside. Right. How about, how about Paul's challenging you and me? Could you take that person that disagrees with almost everything you believe in as a human being and set that aside and walk with them? In this, in this context, to take into one's home, that's a big deal. Yeah. That's honor. That is friendship. That shows, hey, that person rolls with me. Jesus took sinners into his midst and said, yeah, these are my guys. I love them. They're great. Could you invite that person? You know who that person <coughs> is that doesn't agree, but you're still on the same team, and you're like, could you invite that person into your home? Could you serve that person dinner? Could you wash that person's feet? It's profound, isn't it? You know that person. The Holy Spirit's already showing you who that person is right now. Here's a great, here's a great evangelistic tip. You don't want to have these kinds of conversations with non-believers. You don't want to, some of the most profound thing, I was reading a book called Leadership and Self-Deception. And one of the times it's like, you can't, you can't, you'll be in the box. You could be in, in the box towards entire religions or faiths. How many of us looked at a Jehovah's Witness and then already you picked up your shield, you picked up your mortar and your brick, and you start laying the brick. You're like, all right, get ready for war, young man, because I'm about to theologically whoop you, okay? You know what I mean? <laughs> Have you been there? Have you been there? I would say to you. It wasn't Jehovah's Witness. Yeah. It was a New World Christian Society at my college. Yeah. Either way, you're building bricks, baby, you know? You're building this wall towards the person. How about instead, could we do what Jesus did? And instead of build brick walls, could we build bridges to people relationally? Mm-hmm. Could we invite them into our home and ask them about their life and their story? You know that person. You know that person that just grinds your gears. Can we not think that way? Can we, not, when that, whenever that person, oh, 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 you're, you're, I'm, I'm serious. This could, it could start off with just one person, but then you could single out an entire people group if you're not careful. Now, somehow, oh, oh, you're Mormon? Oh, oh. You just kind of look away, and you know, you're kicking rocks or something, you know, doing whatever. Oh, you're from Portland. You must love coffee, you know? <laughs> you know I mean? This is totally random, but we start to develop these things called prejudices. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I'm not prejudiced. Yeah. Have you thought about the things you think about when an African-American person walks into the room? Maybe you're, maybe it's not African-American. Maybe it's a homosexual person. Maybe it's a person that doesn't agree with you. Maybe it's a Democrat. Maybe it's a Republican. Right. And the next thing you know it, maybe you had a bad experience with one liberal, homosexual, or, or Democrat. Or it doesn't matter. You've already put up these walls in your mind towards certain people groups. 
Can I say that affects your witness? That affects the way you can love a person? Yep. If you build that's up right. a brick wall that's in your right. life, how can you invite them into your home? Yep, how can good. you invite them into your life? That's good. Are we building brick walls in our life? If we live too much in church versus the world, you know you know what I mean? We're to be in the world but not of the world. You know what I mean? Don't be, tra- don't be conformed to this world. So really put up those walls and everything. We are to be in the world. We should be making relationship mm-hmm. with these people. We shouldn't be walking around right. saying, hey, where's your hope, bro? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, have you have you just gone zero to 100, like, really quick? And the guy's like, whoa, I'm overwhelmed. You know what I mean? You're challenging what I believe. How about this? Hey, bro, what do you do for a living? Oh, that's awesome. You know, it's easy for me. I'm an intern at a church. It's easy to steer it there. They're like, hey, so what do you do? I'm an intern at my church. Jesus changed my life. I'm like, wow, really cool. And then that's just a seed. We're just having a conversation. That's proslambano talking. Like, hey, bro, I just love you because you're a human being on earth. And you know what? You believe what you believe. But I just, I love you. I love you. That's good. Are we making a roomy community? Roomy community. I see empty seats. Are we roomy? And the temptation is, I'm not saying this is us, but there's always a temptation, especially if you have such a strong group and you're like, oh, man, we just love, you know what I mean? Are you welcoming other people right. into your house? Right. Are you welcoming people into your community? Are you welcoming them to church? I hope, I pray that my heart is welcoming different people groups right now. Right. People that I don't necessarily agree with. Those who are on the political TV shows making arguments and claims against what I believe to be able to set that aside and love that person and buy them coffee and ask them not, hey, tell me what you think about this. But how about, or, and this is what I think, and this is why I think you're wrong, and here's all my reasonings for mm-hmm. this. How about this? Hey, man, tell me your story. Yeah. What makes you? Because behind that person's belief, there is a believer who believes the belief with a story. Right. You'd be surprised. You would be surprised at the amazing stories that this person has. And you know what? Maybe the reason why they don't believe maybe certain things that we believe as Christians and have loving, uh, you know, loving hearts and God's transform our lives, maybe it's because they never met Jesus and they've had a hard knock life. Yeah. They've had certain people in their life hurt them. Yeah. The reason why that person hurt you is probably because someone hurt them in a real and tragic way. Are we roomy are we welcoming are we like instead of can we set down our opinions and start picking up understanding guys this is great this is great relationship advice mm-hmm. instead of building up brick walls in your relationship and you're at some point some of these guys are going to be married all right i'm going to be married someday i don't want to be building up brick walls <laughs> against the one that i love most and throwing hand grenades at them. Mm-hmm. I'd rather build bridges and create a point where we can reconnect and I could grow in a bigger understanding why that person ticks. You know what I mean? I love Alyssa. I want to be an expert on Alyssa. Mm-hmm. Same with my best friends, my people closest to me. I want to share my heart with them. I want to invite them into my home. I want to grow a bigger, uh, broader uh, perspective of them. And I understand, you know what? I don't necessarily agree why you do this, but I understand why. I understand why, and I'm willing to walk with you through whatever this thing is. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense, guys? Good. Sometimes, uh, uh, one time, Liss and I, this is perfect. I didn't expect Liss to be here, but uh, I helped Liss put together an Ikea uh, dresser, right? 
I hate Ikea, okay? I'm going to say that. <laughs> it was like pretty simple until we got to the screws, and I struggle with straight lines. And so I'm putting in the screws wrong, and I have to undo it and then do it. And eventually, it just get like whacked. And so I'm just mad. I get a hammer, and I'm just whacking the thing. I'm trying to get in there, man. Yeah. And it was just it – was, it, was, it was rough. And what I discovered was I was using the wrong screw head for the wrong screw. It was way too small. And so I'm just chewing this thing up. And so I'm like, terrific. You know what I mean? Redundant. And now now when she does the top drawer, she has to go like, uh, and then like pull out. She has to move to the left and then pull out. Okay? And it's a constant reminder to her that her boyfriend's a failure. <laughs> She's like, I hate you, Josh. Like that's, that's what she – you know? And that's what happens. But sometimes, especially when we, and I want to say this, there are times when we need to correct our brother. To place judgment is one thing, to to put our opinion on someone, but when in accordance with the word of God and what truth has to say, the Bible says, uh, don't judge the world. They don't, they're not on the inside. Paul says this in, uh, I think, Corinthians, I don't remember. Yes, nailed it. Um, He says, you need to, don't judge the world, judge your brother. Right. Hold each other, hold each other accountable. Call each other to a higher standard. Right. Yeah. That's the those are the kinds of conversations. Those are the things that matter when it comes to soteriology, what you believe, how you, how a person saves. You know what I mean? If a person's believing they have to do it and jump through a bunch of hoops and everything to to be saved, you need to not. No, bro, it's 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 saved by faith. Once you believe in Jesus Christ, all your sins are forgiven, past, present, future. You don't have to do nothing, bro. Just live in the freedom. Woo! You know what I mean? Like, that's the awesome. These are the conversations. You're speaking life into that person. You're building a bridge, and they're like, no way. I never thought about that. That's sick. And then now you're broadening your horizon. So, yeah, that's good. But sometimes, sometimes, and I learned this hard, you know, you know, especially like minister type people, people who are in the ministry, you learn this the hard way. Sometimes we use, just like how I used a small bit for a large screw, sometimes we use big wrenches for small bolts. We use the wrong sized uh, 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 tool for the job that we need to do. And we need to get our little theological like power tools like to fix their theology and like re- you know drive home your point. You know what I'm saying? But I'd like to say that sometimes I could do some serious damage. Just like how I sat there and tried to crank this bolt home, bang it in with a hammer. And it, t- it honestly, it didn't work. It just hit the, ha- hit the thing and it, the screw didn't go anywhere. But it probably did a lot more damage to the screw. Okay? <laughs> But let's be real. Oftentimes, when that person walks through the door, we're like, ah, man, I gotta, like, I heard, I heard him pray that way, but he shouldn't have been praying that way. So we're gonna have like a meeting about it. But sometimes that person's not ready for that. Check out what it says in the message. The same uh, first verse. It says, "Welcome with open arms, fellow believers who don't see things the way you do, and don't jump all over them every time they say or they do or say something you don't agree with, right. even when it seems." That they are strong on opinions but weak in the faith department. Remember, they have their own history to deal with. Treat them gently. Yeah, that's good. Gently. So instead of instead of using our theological power tools and like driving home and actually doing some damage to the to the to the screw, to the point, to the truth that you're trying to convey to them, why don't we pick up those little wrenches? You know those little wrenches that you have, right? You know, we're using a big wrench, we're trying to like tack it home, we're using our hammer to try to drive it home. Why don't we get those nice little like 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 tools? You know, you know the little wrench that you could like adjust to the size of the bolt. They're like made of heaven, you know what I mean? Because you just buy one and like <laughs> throw out twenty. Because like, what's the point? You get one tool and it does the one job. Instead of instead of trying to drive home these points, like, oh, we gotta get this now, we gotta do it now. How about grabbing it and adjusting to the situation, adjusting, understanding that. That person's background and gently twisting. It's good. Twisting. 
twisting. And you might be thinking, Josh, people, people are not projects. They are not Alyssa's dresser, okay? They are not, they are not this, this, this thing that you work on, Josh. You might be a minister, but I don't want you working on me. I like to say, in the midst of me working maybe something into you, you're working something into me. Right. Well, I'm gently putting a bolt into place in your life. Whether you know it or not, you might be gently twisting a bolt into my life. Well, I'm trying to teach you, maybe maybe helping you understand uh, how anger can affect people and how your anger has been hurting people. And maybe it's not one coffee date. Maybe it's over time because it's gentle and it's gentle. You know what? God's probably working into me. Patience, yeah. love, right. kindness. Right. And God's, you know what? And whether he knows it or not, he's tightening bolts. Yeah. Where, I, where I wasn't patient, now I'm patient. Yeah. Where I didn't have grace on people, now I'm having grace on people because it's that interaction. It's the community. I've let this person in my home and he's twisting bolts home. Whether he knows yeah. it or not. Whether he knows it or not. People are going to bring things up to me. Hey, man, you've been really angry. Hey, man, I don't like the things that you're saying. I don't like the things you've been saying on Facebook. It's not it's not who you are in Jesus. And I'm like, you know what? I respect that. And that person's like, wow, I can. I can give advice. Yeah. I can speak to another person's life. And and, and this guy's an authority figure to me. And I'm like, he's just, he's like, he's like, yeah, you're right. You're right. And I'm twisting bolts home. This is the community we ought to have. This is the community we ought to have with people. And the coolest thing is it is not confined to the people in this room. We have a world full of believers, whether they be monks, the pope, priests, government officials, or the gas station attendant. With different beliefs and different backgrounds. Paul doesn't say, hey, make sure you make sure you get all di- divided up in your denomination. Pentecostals, you stay in your corner. Baptists, you stay in yours, okay? You can meet in the middle for some, some things, but you stay in your corners. And you Lutherans, stay way over there. And you guys over there, I don't want you guys fighting, so just stay in your corners. You know, J- Jesus didn't say that. Paul's not saying that to us. He said, why don't we all just come together and walk alongside one another? Yeah. Why can't we do that? Why can't we why can't we just focus on the same mission? Why can't we just be of the of one mind? Right. Why can't we all tighten bolts inside of each other? That's good. Does that make sense, guys? Sometimes we use uh we're we try to use God's big pen for and we're just small people. Does that make sense? Uh, uh, my next point is big pen for small people. Uh check this out. Um let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. God has asked him to the table. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. It's all That person is God's. And sometimes in our life, we like to play the role of God. We like, <laughs> Matt Morris is not the author and finisher of my salvation. You know? I'm not the I am not the author and finisher of Levi's faith. Jesus Christ is the author and finisher of all of our faiths. Mm-hmm. He writes the first sentence and he will write the last sentence in our life. So instead of instead of you know what maybe that person does have some crazy theological things and maybe maybe they do need some work. But instead of running into the coffee day, instead of confronting them in the middle of Bible study or in the middle of church and, and throwing all this onto them, how about you start praying for that person and trusting God that He will speak His word, though it may not be through you, it'll be through another person. And guess what? Who is He going to use? Is He going to use the person that is building brick walls in their life towards people and throwing hand grenades, or is He going to Trust the person who's been 
building bridges to people and welcoming people to walk with them in their life, welcoming them into their home. I want to be that guy. And the opportunity will come to you. And all you have to do, that person who's been living the pros Lombano life, that person's sensitive to what God has to say. Because why? Because they have such a big perspective of life. Their heart is open to all people. And God's like, that's my guy. And while, like, you know, Sinner Sally is over there in the corner building, I can say girls because it's, girl, it's not girls' night, it's guys' night. Um, <laughs> they have, like, a giant brick wall around them. God's like, I can't use that person. I can't use that person because all they're doing is throwing their opinion out and just fighting and arguing and blah. But I'd rather use that person that's going to sit down and say, hey, man, tell me your story. Now I understand why you believe that. Hey, man, can I tell you what God's revealed to me? Can I tell you that? He's like, yeah. Like, It's profound. You reap what you sow. If you sow opinions and judgment and brick walls, you're going to get brick walls and judgment back. Guess what? Hand grenades are going to come right back at you. And now you're at war with that person. But if you start sowing love and compassion and understanding, you listen to that person for 30 minutes or an hour or an hour and a half. Guess what? The next coffee date, they're probably going to be more likely to listen to what you have to say. That's right. You spend two hours like, yeah, wow. Asking questions, getting engaged with that person, they're more likely to be like, yeah, wow, this person's awesome. I, I, I totally get this person. And now you have dialogue. Now you could have the dialogue, hey, man, like, maybe you shouldn't be saying that. And you're like, you know what, yeah, you know, you know why? I respect this person because they respected me. They respected my worldview. They didn't have to sit there and critique my, my worldview off of my story. They didn't have a commentary on my life story. They just sat there and listened and asked questions and probed and asked. And I trust this person. Yeah. I'm willing to allow this person into my heart. Yeah. I'm allowed to walk with this person, put my arm around this person, call him brother, call him sister. Could we let God be God? My next point, we're going to be looking at verses 5 through 9. Uh, the second point, if you're taking notes, different but the same. Different but the same. He says in verse 5, One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. What does this mean? Paul's giving this up. He said this is, this is so petty. He's like, he's giving it, literally giving it to the person's conscience. <laughs> He's like, whatever you, whatever, bro. Like, you, you think you should worship on Saturday? Cool. Like, you know what I mean? And one person's like, I'm gonna worship every day. Awesome. You know what I mean? Like, I love him. I love you still. You know what I mean? It should be at peace with their own mind. And this is what it says in verse seven. Um, or verse six. It says. Uh, he kind of gives expounds on that idea. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in the honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. Can we notice the direction of where this worship is heading? At the end of the day, though I might be doing it different, though I may be, like, though Dan may sing, like, spiritual songs to God, and I'd rather study the Bible, guess what? We're all wired different, A, but B, it doesn't apply to you because the worship's not going to you, it's going to God. At the end of the day, this here's the principle. Uh, do all, uh, in all that you do, acknowledge the Lord. 
Work heartily as unto the Lord. Present yourselves as living sacrifices to God, for this is your worship. This is your worship. God is looking for those who are willing to serve him, to, to worship him in yeah. spirit and in truth. Truth being, uh, guess what? You could worship God by playing Xbox. God, thank you for Xbox. I'm having a great time. Hey, you want to talk for a little bit while we play video games? You know what I mean? We could literally worship God. You could hang curtains. Isn't that sick? You work on a car, just praise God. You know, praise God. I have a right. car. Praise God. Right. An attitude of gratitude, just like I'm out. Right. Praise God. All right, this is what I'm going to say. Preface this. In spirit and in truth, God is not taking your sin life as worship. Okay? Can we preface it that? Okay? You're not, you're not going to go down the street and shoot someone and be like, yeah, praise God. You're like, no, that's not what he meant. Okay? Uh, when it comes to sound doctrine and what sin is, that is not worship. But we could do all in an act of worship to God. It could be your work. It could be in the mundane. It could be taking out the trash. God is in the mundane. You've heard it time and time again. We should be people in active worship to God. And it doesn't matter. All we have to do is realize not left, who's worshiping to my left and my right, but who the worship is going to. Right. Amen? That's good. My next point is different walk, same destination. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be both Lord of the dead and of the living. We are all, though, though, though we have different people in different corners, different beliefs, we are all headed the same direction. Though we walk a, lift, a little different from the person to my left and my right. We are all headed the same direction. Every single, whether that be a monk in like Ireland or a Christian in the United States of America, guess what? Jesus Christ died on a cross and when he sees that friar or that monk in Ireland and he sees you and me, he says, that's mine. Why? Because he has expressed faith in Jesus Christ right, right. and he is mine. He is mine. And it doesn't matter what he believes or what his background is or what his worldview is or what political party he, he votes for. He's mine. He's mine. He's mine. He accepted me. He has welcomed me into his house. He's took me by the side. He has took my hand and is willing to walk with me throughout my entire life. God wants that for us. God's, God wants to prize Lombano with us. Right. Isn't that amazing? I want to, I want to call... Uh, uh, something out here. I notice, I notice something. How many of you guys ever played Marco Polo? Marco Polo people? Yeah. yeah. Super fun, right? You close your eyes, you're in the pool or whatever. You know what I mean? You could be in a field. You could play anywhere, right? And then, and what does the person whose eyes are closed do? Like, Marco. You know, Polo. Polo. All right, guys, I'm going to close my eyes and you guys better say, Marco. Polo. Marco. Polo. Polo. Yeah, so you guys are doing great. Yeah, I love I love how in, unenthusiastic you guys are. It's like, Marco. And everyone's like, yeah, Polo. Like, you know what I mean? They, they're expecting meat lovers pizza, but they didn't get it. I noticed something here. Every single time we close our eyes, though we see in part, there will be a day where our eyes will see Jesus. So every time we call out Marco, we are calling our worship. We're putting out our worship to God. And guess what God's doing? Polo. Polo. And what do we do? We just walk. We just walk. 
we follow, we follow. And there will be a day where our eyes will be opened and we'll see Jesus face to face. Right. And our, we will not be blind. We will not have just faith, but we will have the reality of Jesus. Our, our faith will be, well, our, our reward for our faith will be put right in front of us and it will be Jesus and eternity in heaven. Mm -hmm. And all we did this whole time, we played a game of Marco Polo. So each time in our life, when we call out Marco, whether it be swinging incense and ringing bells or playing a sick guitar riff or just sitting there reading my Bible, guess what? I'm calling out Marco. Yeah. Marco. Yeah. Marco. I'm having faith that God's going to say, Polo, Polo, Polo. And he's calling me and he's drawing me in. He's drawing me in. And there will come a day. Like I said, he's the author and finisher. Mm-hmm. He who began a good work in me will bring it to the finish in the day of Jesus Christ. It will be a <laughs> epic day. Yeah. And I'll be like, there's the guy who's been calling out Polo. Here's the guy who's been calling me throughout my life. I spent 70 years on earth. I spent 30 years on earth. And I guess what? I was calling out to God. I was lifting up my hands and I say, Marco, Marco. And he's calling me. He was calling me. He was calling me. And guess what's going to happen? This is what it says in the next verses. Why do you pass judgment? As if he's looking at both teams, people who put the brick down, down, down the middle. And he's looking at these guys, meat lovers. He's looking at vegetarians, right? And he says, Hey, you, you who judge, why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God, the Bema seat. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account to God. At the end of the day, while we're sitting here throwing grenades and we're throwing opinions, we're judging each other's theologies and each one of our walks, guess what will happen at the end of the road? We have a different way of life. We are at the same destination, on our knees, praising Jesus. Right. We're at the beam seat of glory, right? And, and, and Paul says in the book of Corinthians, our work will be tried by fire, and whatever remains will be our reward. And we'll receive a crown. But guess where the crown ends up? Right. Yeah. At the feet of Jesus. Whether you're a monk in Ireland or you're sitting in this room right now, your crown will be at the feet of Jesus. Yeah, we good. answer to one man. We only answer to one God. Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's good. It's Jesus good. Christ. Yeah. And you know what? You know what's going to happen a lot? And I guarantee you it might happen one way or shape or another. But my theology is probably not going to be uh, 100% by the time I get to heaven. Right. And guess what happens if I spent my entire life arguing with people and quarreling with maybe the, just that one person? Tiny crown. There's not only a tiny crown, but there's probably going to be a lot of this. Yeah. Wow. Wow. He's in, the, he's, in, he's in heaven now. And he's just like, I spent a lot of time arguing. What do you mean you here? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be awkward. You're going to be like, wow, we ended up in the same place. Ended up in the same place. I can't believe I, I spent all the time hating you. I can't I can't believe I spent so many t- so so long building this wall against you and, and, and pushing you out of my life. We sat in the same pews. We our kids went to the same church. They were in kids church together. And I just had this wall and and now we're here and yeah. This is just and Jesus, you know. I think Jesus says he'll wipe away every tear. I think there's going to be some tears. And people are like, "Man, I wasted a lot of time." I wasted a lot of time. 
But you know what? The person who built bridges in their life, the person that made connections to invited people into their life to walk with them and to lead people in the tight and bolts and adjusting and understanding people's stories, that person's going to be like, oh, like, you know what I mean? They're like, oh, check out that guy. I remember we, we did life together. We had that crazy moment. And we talked about God together. And it was this epic moment. Oh, there's that guy. And it's just going to be a party, right? It's going to be a quick transition because my heart was just open. And there's not going to be this. He's like, you know what? Maybe in my theology wasn't great, but I didn't spend so much time arguing about it. I pray. I pray. Can we be the Marco Polo people? You know what? Different context. Have you ever played Marco Polo with a lot of people? You know what I mean? Like you just have the Marco has to get like the one polo, right? Can we be the polo for that lost person that's crying out, Marco, I need a savior? Right. That person that doesn't know Jesus, that person that doesn't understand faith, maybe is in the middle of addiction but has no idea how to get out of it. Can we be the people that's like, Polo, he's over here. He's over here. Yeah. He's over here. People who are putting so much stock in, in, in their local government, in their city government, in their state government, in their national government, into the United Nations. We ought to be people saying, Polo, while there's political debate on what we should do with our country, what's the next step? I don't know. How about we pray for our pray for our president? How about we pray that, Lord, your will be done right. on earth as it is in heaven? Mm-hmm. Polo, Polo, Polo. Instead of posting my opinion on Facebook right. and inviting conflict, inviting it. How about I invite people to church? Come How on. about I invite people to know Jesus? Because Jesus has done such a work in my life. That's good. That's good. Polo. Polo. Can we, can we cry out Polo? And that person's like, I don't know. I don't know if I can, I, I can do this. No, please, trust me. It's great. It's great. Let me come alongside you. Let right. me invite you to my home. Here, let me wash your feet. Let me tighten up those bolts that are a little loose. I got a couple of my own. You want to help me with those? It's a group project, people. Yeah. It's a group project. Yeah. Whether you're broken or you think you're put together, we all need a little work in our life. Mm-hmm. I'm going to close with this. And I know I've been preaching probably for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. But I was reading in 2 Kings, okay? I told Dan about this story, right? Um, and this, this ties into Marco Polo, I promise. But... Uh, has uh, the, I was raised in Second Kings. Okay, you just get this depressing story of all these bad kings, and I'm like, wow, there's like no hope for Israel. But then we get to like the latter half, and like I think chapter 18 and 19, you get King Hezekiah. Hezekiah is a boss. All right, <laughs> Hezekiah for uh, there's generations and generations and generations of kings who had idol worship in Judah and would never take out these high places. They were calling them the high places. These are places of prostitution, of sexual worship and offerings to these false gods. And he's the first one to just get rid of all of it. Mm-hmm. Get rid of all of it. And so he is done right. And he, God, God honors him because he walked in the same way as David, who was a stud muffin. Okay? All right. So we got Stud Muffin, Hezekiah, right? So the king of Assyria, he already runs through Israel, the northern tribes. He runs through them because they never repented. They never turned away from their sin. So he comes, he sends his commander, uh, the king of the Assyrians, sends his commander or whoever, and he's knocking on his, and there's like literally a chapter long of this commander mocking this guy, mocking the nation, uh, those in Jerusalem. He says, who are you going to turn to? We've, 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 went, we've went through all these guys. And look at their gods. Their gods didn't save them. 
Their gods didn't do nothing for them. Then he says, he mentions Egypt. And if you know Egypt, if you've been with us through our study through Genesis, uh, Pastor Dave has ex uh, explained to us that Egypt is a picture of the world. It's like, he really points out, it's like, hey, your only option is Egypt. Your only option is Egypt. They have, you, you use them all the time, but they can't do nothing for you now. They can't do nothing for you now. And what is, what, what is, you know, what do these Israelites do? What do they do? They don't say a word. Hezekiah tells them, don't say nothing. Right? So some time goes by. Isaiah affirms them, hey, the Lord's got your back. The Lord's got your back. And Hezekiah gets so distracted. There's, a, there's another speech that this commander does and basically mocks God. Hey, your God ain't going to help you. You got, you got X amount of days before we come and we're going to run through y'all. He's knocking at the door. He's like, the army is right out front. Hezekiah literally says, Hezekiah laid it. He went up to his place and he laid it all out before the Lord. He gives this eloquent speech, not because I think he wanted to be eloquent, but I think he wanted to just to God. Notice Hezekiah's nature. Are we crying out polo? Are we turning to Egypt for our wealth? Are we turning to governments? Are we turning to other people? You know, there's people in this community that are relying on their government when I believe they should be relying on the church of Jesus Christ. What a call for you and me to the people of this community that don't have hope to cry out polo, to say, God, here's my life. I want to cry polo. Yeah. I want to cry polo. I want to make myself accessible. I want to walk with families that don't know Jesus. I want to make meals that are uh, uh, probably mediocre or buy them a meat lover's pizza. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I want to walk alongside. I don't want to be like the rest of the people bringing their backs to Egypt. I don't want to trust in anything else anymore. I don't want to trust in, in, in whatever movement's out there. I want to stand on Jesus Christ. And guess what? Who's going to be rewarded? The person who stood for truth, mm -hmm. who worshiped in spirit and in truth. Instead of standing my, on my opinions, I'm going to stand on the truth of Jesus Christ and what his word has to say about people and what he has to say about himself. I want to live that way. Mm -hmm. I want to cry polo. Yeah. Amen. Can we be that kind of people to welcome? Hey, come on. Come on. Mm -hmm. Polo. Polo. You ain't even crying, Marco, and I'm calling polo. You even ask for it, but I'm going to scream it right back at you. <laughs> Amen, guys? Can we be Proslambano people? Amen? Amen? Let me pray for us. God, I just pray for every, every single person in this room, God. Uh, thank you that, that each one in this room, uh, that they're yours, God. That we are owned by you, that we have, that we have a seal on us, God that you will carry us through and into eternity. No matter what happens here, God, our destination is the same. That we may walk different walks, that we may be different people. God, I pray that we have an assurance that is in heaven. We praise you, God, mm -hmm. that it's as simple as believing in the work of the cross and what your son did. God, I pray that each one of us, God, we have a bigger heart. God, we have an open heart. God, I pray that you welcome new people into our lives. God, I pray that every single person in this room, that their perspective is challenged. God, their, their perspective, whatever they're yes, thinking Jesus. right now about a certain people group or the, a certain person, they know exactly who that is. God, I pray that you would challenge them to welcome, to take alongside, to welcome into the heart. 
Lord, I pray that even now, maybe where there is hurt with that person, God, that you're healing. Mm. Yes, Jesus. You're creating bridges, God. You're creating bridges. God, I pray that our hands are ready to build bridges and not brick walls. Mm -hmm. Lord, I pray for our community. God, I pray that we are able to reach a hand out to the community. Mm -hmm. God, I pray that we are willing to build bridges, take the time to build bridges and patience and love and compassion and understanding (coughs) to those around us. God, that we may be able to call out Paul, that maybe some would come Mm -hmm. into the kingdom of God, that we may reach heaven someday. And we realize, man, we didn't spend so much time arguing with one another that that we missed the opportunity to share Jesus. God, I pray that we are the people that just simply loves and extends. Lord, I just pray for every single man in this room, God. I pray whatever need may be met, God, uh, whether it be fatigue or whatever, God, you know, you know. Lord, help us live in a way that we welcome, we welcome, we call out to people into our home. And Jesus, we praise you through it all, God. Let us live lives that are just worship, God, that are just worship to you. Lord, that, that you think, you look down at us, you're like, dang, like, that's my man. And God, I pray that you use us. I pray that you use us whether or not we want to be used. God, create opportunity. God, we want to be part of your plan. So, Lord, we just lift this up to you. Let us, uh, uh, every person in this room, God, we just want to make this place a place of worship for you for the rest of this evening. God, bless our nights. God, bless the rest of our weeks. Bless uh, uh, the rest of our years and all of our days. And Lord, we just want to worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.